No. No. No, no, no. Marty, both you and Jennifer turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Hello and welcome to episode 373 of Under the Call of MS. McFly, hello. McFly, you in there? Uh, this is the Comics and MS Tuesday episode. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. There's someone that follows the podcast and a few other people started talking because of the big slapper hurt around the world thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock. People mentioned about Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli. I'm just going to read their th- the thing that was posted. I got you. Getting lost in the Will Smith-Chris Rock drama is the final word represented by Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli. It's pretty obvious that Liza, at age 76 and seated in a wheelchair, is struggling with some medical issues. But she beamed at the crowd who gave her a standing ovation. Do you see that? The public. They love you, Gaga told Minnelli. When Manelli became confused while sorting through her notes and said, I don't understand, Gaga told her gently, I got it. I was deeply reminded of the friendship Gaga shares with Tony Bennett, whose Alzheimer's now keeps him from performing. Her gentle way with Liza Manelli and Gaga's clear admiration for the legendary EGOT winning singer-actress was heartwarming. As they rolled the best picture clips, Gaga bent down to Manelli and quietly said, I got you. Liza answered, I know. Don't let the slap be the only thing we remember from the 2022 Oscars. Exactly. That's the thing we should not know about, we should not remember, but it happened. And it happened in a time where we're dealing with a lot of societal differences, a lot of issues that are being brought up from the past, a lot of things, and there's supposed to be representation by people to go on through the future. And that is not the representation you need by walking up on the stage and slapping a person for making a comment about your wife and then yelling at them and saying you have no right to have your my wife in your mouth or anything. Number one, he was a comedian. Number two, you pushed your family into our world. Your children got put into movies and stuff very early, singing, all that stuff, musical, your wife's part of it. If you're part of the culture, you can be roasted in the culture by comedians. You can be mentioned by comedians. That's your fault. Now, if you're someone else whose kids are not in the media and are not part of movies, music, whatever, that puts them in the spotlight, then fine. Those people should not be talked about or acknowledged. But if you are in the spotlight, you're equal game. I mean, you put yourself out there. So alopecia or whatever. And it wasn't a disgraceful comment, a terrible comment. But what happened because of it is the terrible part. And that's what people got to know. 
It's like you're representing yourself. And honestly, I took it more as he's regretful of his own life and let his frustrations out because of it. That's your thing. But you don't do it on the main stage live in front of the world if you don't want any type of criticism or anything to come down on you. And it's just that society right now where it's getting pushed on us. I mean, I can't say or do shit because I'm just a white male. That absolutely does not mean shit in this day and age because we are being crucified, put out left and right and just pushed away. And what we say definitely sets off fires. So we just got to stay away from everything. But I just, that's how I feel. You shouldn't piss them on if you're going to put their lives out there and let them be stars themselves and stuff. It's People will talk about it. I mean, have you not heard of the Celebrity Roast? It's kind of, comedians have been like this for many, many years, but yeah, I don't know. Not my thing. Not me, a thing for me to worry about. I just mentioned it because it was out there. Everybody else mentioned it. You're going to put it on the front page of news. I'll probably talk about it. That's the way it happens. But let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about Back to the Future. It's volume two, number three. It's got the Archie cover. That's why I bought it. This is fun and enjoyable. Kind of gives you some side notes from the TV and uh, they're not TV from the movies, the Back to the Future movies. I suppose they did have the animated TV show and stuff. They had a variety of TV shows for Back to the Future. And it's like, I don't like time travel. I'm not a big time travel fan, but I enjoyed the Back to the Future. Well, the first two films I enjoyed. Beyond that, I got bored with it. I tried to rewatch it. Can't really get pulled back into them. But reading them in comic book form, it's more enjoyable. Seeing a little bit different storyline. Uh, and seeing what happened to the characters in the past, present, or future as after the whole time travel stuff happened with Marty and Doc and what's all changed and as you see with their time travel it's just constant change every every movie every episode every everything something went wrong marty and doc have to fix it and it's just it's the shitty part about time travel <laughs> but then you get a nice little story in here I and mean, the first story focuses more on marty's mom and dad having relationship issues again and marty's nowhere to be found so doc's gonna have to try and fix it himself and he's working on it and you get to see what happens throughout uh and then we get a second storyline which is just biff we get to find out a little deeper what happened when biff steals the uh, little cop little uh the magazine with all the information, the sports information and stuff. So it was called Jurassic Biff. And he goes 
too far back in time and ends up in the Jurassic Age. And a dinosaur just happens to get a hold of his book and he has to chase the dinosaur down and try and figure out how to get into a different uh, different part of time. And he's running out of fuel. He's got to figure out how to refuel the time traveling machine. Surprisingly, Biff is pretty good at, for being such a big, dumb oof, oof. Yeah, definitely knows his shit when he's <laughs> dealing with the time, the DeLorean. And surprisingly knows that it has to be refueled and all this stuff. So I don't know where he came up with all this information. If he's just been sneaking around, following Marty all over the place, seeing what he's been up to. And I'm sitting here in the dark. <laughs> Can't give you a little too much information right now. I just took a shower. <laughs> Came down here and I'm just air drying at the moment. So you know how when you got to do a speech, you think about the crowd being naked? Well, now the crowd listening to the podcast can think about me being naked, <laughs> airing out, <laughs> waiting to get dressed. Figured I'd whip a podcast out quick. <laughs> I know, TMI. That's what you get for listening to this podcast. This dumb boy. You never know what he's going to do. I screw up regularly, but I'm known for it. That's me. I just accept life. I make mistakes, but I don't push things that have to be a certain way. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, live your life and leave me up. Come on. All right. Then we got, well, it says Creature Feature Comics, but it's on the cover. It also has a Archie. Archie style cover, the newer Archie style cover, it is uh, called Vault, oh, it's by Vault Comics, it's cult classic, episode one, creature feature, it's, it's cult classics, number one, we get to see a alien spaceship that blows up some stuff, does some stuff apparently to Earth. A capsule-looking thing gets tossed in the ocean. And then we go 65 million years into the future. Again, we're going back to the prehistoric days with this story also. And then going back to the future. Where we get to see this Svengoolie-style Scream Team-type horror announcer show runner who is having some problems with his show and he's basically not doesn't have the following he used to but tonight he's doing night of the saucer people all right and while all this is going on we get to see the character that's going to a sleepover but he's worried about it and during the sleepover, they're do sleepover. They're doing some Ouija board stuff, and the young girl's running the whole group, and she's kind of being like a major douche. 
the guy's dad that was dropped off. He's in some CB love affair with some gal, and they're going back and forth. And all of a sudden, a couple asteroid-type things happen. Some people see it and go searching for things, and there's a couple, a couple different ent- groups of characters that are looking at the asteroidal style stuff and then we get some see some starfish type stuff almost kind of like the little well not like the stario character but all the little characters are kind of like the little mini starios but they're just a bunch of little starfish looking things they're on the ground and you see what happens when they attack and how the citizens have to deal with the events at hand and what all happened. And then we also checked out cult, cult classics creature feature number two. Whereas now we have new entities that we're dealing with along the way, but a lot of the same characters in this one. And we get a little deeper on the little uh, horror show host who's losing his business. And character that's going to be taking his business over and we get to see more of what's going on with the aliens along the way it's it was fun two issues i'm not sure how long this one went i thought these were these were not at all what i thought i was getting when i went to start reading them i was thinking they're little mini stories so i thought we get like three little mini horror stories, sci-fi stories in each one and have fun with those. But instead it went that route where it's an ongoing, but I don't remember seeing any more for it. So I am going to have to figure out where to get them. But with the short storyline, I found, a, I got a book I read that does have the short, shorter storylines. We have Deadpool number 45 with the What the Duck cover with Howard the Duck on it. In the old military World War II style imaging. I'll read the beginning Deadpool thing here. It says, let's get to it. You all know why we're here. And there is a lot of comic ahead. I'm Deadpool. You know that. I've gone through a lot in the last 44 issues. A lot of it I don't like to talk, to think about. But some of it was good. I made some friends, Agent Preston and her family, Agent Adsit, Michael, the Necromancer, Ghost, Ben Franklin. I got married. Shikla and I are happy, pretty much. She's a demon in and out of the bedroom. Literally. Literally. Old definition, literally. And I found out I have a daughter, Eleanor Camacho, a.k.a. Eleanor Utler, a.k.a. Eleanor Preston, a.k.a. Ellie, my little girl. She's living with Preston, and I think she's actually happy. A while back, I took out the helicarrier of terrorist group Ultimatum. In retaliation, they came for for my family big mistake. I made it clear to their leader, Flag Smasher, 
that any more attacks on my friends would be taken out on him personally. Unfortunately, that flag smasher was killed and replaced by one who thinks I need to be taught a lesson. Strap in, people. Also, spoiler, I am going to die in this issue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we get to see him deal with all that stuff. And lots of people are coming after his family. and He's got to deal with it. I really like these ghost characters, the ghost of Ben Franklin. And there's another ghostly character that uh, we see in here. And just watching them use their powers is a lot of fun. Uh, and Ellie's, she's a badass in her own way. And surprisingly, her family doesn't know much about what's going on, thankfully. But uh, I'm sure they will gradually learn more as things happen. Because you're not going to have a quiet life if you're a Deadpool or a family member of Deadpool. But, yeah, it was enjoyable seeing where that went and what was going on. And then we got a little Shikla, cartoony Shikla story, which was fun seeing Shikla and Deadpool uh, dealing with some some marital issues, I suppose you could call it. But, yeah, it's fun watching uh, their whole ordeal. We get a little uh, little bit of Leather Boy and Beast and some other characters in here. Deadpool and a messed up dog are going to swap brains in the story called The Family Shield. Uh, there's some interesting things going on there. Between Deadpool and this dog and why why they do what they do to him. There's a story called, What Do We Want? Apocalypse. When Do We Want It? Now. Where Apocalypse, oh, Apocalypse's child, which I think is Apocalypse, re, reborn or something. I don't know what happened in the storyline beforehand. But we get to see Apocalypse and Deadpool. Dealing with some issues along the way. Now we get the Thwipster and the Quipster battle the hipsters <laughs> storyline. Where I don't really know who these people are, but we get to see a lot of werewolf characters. I don't know if this one character is werewolf by night, but we get Spidey in here also. And it's an interesting little storyline. We get all about the Benjamins where we get to see a Ben Grimm story. <laughs> which this was a fun little quick story with Ben trying to get himself some lunch and dealing with a giant squid along the way. And we even get a little bit of more of the ghost Ben Franklin in this story. And then we get parents to meeting story where we get a certain group of parents meeting this certain new boyfriend for their daughter and we get to see how sexist, racist, uh, dickish the father is 
and we get to see what happens with the amateur wizard and the father and mother throughout the storyline. Uh, but it was, it was a fun, quick story. Uh, speaking of roast, you got Deadpool roast the Marvel Universe and Infinity Gauntlet tie-in. This was fun seeing Deadpool gain his hands on the Infinity Gauntlet and what happens along the way. Then we have Deadpool roast the Marvel Universe going on with uh, Howard the Duck as the guest MC in this part of the story. And <laughs> we get Wolverine in some interesting outfits. We get pretty much the majority of the Marvel Universe is part of the storyline. Uh, majority of the main people from the Marvel Universe. Plus, you get a lot of oddball ones in the back. We even get an appearance by Hitler in here. And some of the ghosts along the way. Uh, but this is a longer, drawn-out uh, story of a bunch of bad comedians. <laughs> Speaking of bad comedians, uh, they just, they do not know how to roast. And Deadpool wanted a funny, good roast, and it just doesn't work out the way he wants. But yet, you get to see how him and Thanos go about things. And then we get a commemorative thing to rip Deadpool in the back. We get a Clausen storyline in the back. It's just, yeah. This was a lot of fun. This thing was huge. And it had a $10 price tag back in the day. So, yeah, I, I can see why. I think I got it in the, a dollar bin or something. I got it, like, for $1.50. So, it was an awesome deal for that price, for that comic. But, yeah, definitely fun. As always, Deadpool is. Then we got Edge of the Venomverse. <clears throat> this is a fun look at X-23. Getting a little bit of information on her. And how she's trying to escape from her holders. And she's done it or tried it many times before. And something always happens, but bred in a lab from the DNA of the original Wolverine, X-23 was created to be a weapon. She spent the duration of her life in the facility where she was cloned, alone, and angry. Now she's found an unlikely companion, a strange symbiote with amazing powers. The two have escaped the facility, but are now outcasts from society. They are... Venom. And that's what we get. It's exactly that. And so we get to see X-23 escaping, meeting some other kids, dealing with them along the way, and the people that are chasing after her, and how it affects these other characters throughout this. And we get to see her little, uh, her being crossed over with Venom, getting the symbiote in her. And I like it. I love the X-23 character. I love the X-23 run. I like the symbiote. 
aspect of stuff when they cross the symbiotes over with these characters. So I was happy to see this. I liked it. It was a lot of fun. So check that out. And then we got Harley Quinn, number five and number six from DC Universe. This one's cut. This little run's called Undercover Punker. Eat to this beat. Uh, we get to see a Harley dealing with a bunch of issues, and she's uh, uh, she's got to put some characters together because she's trying to infiltrate a certain punk rock band that's causing a bunch of problems in order to infiltrate them. She needs to whip up herself a few band members. And so she gets, oh, we get to see Iggy in here. Uh, And the one, uh, the Red Tool, that's his name. Yeah. We find out that he's a bass player, Eggy's a drummer, and uh, there's another. Another guitarist, and they get deal with some knights uh, attacking them. And then she's trying to figure out a way to put this group together. So she uh, hooks up with her friend. Well, Purple Satin is the bad ones that we're dealing with here. And her friend that, that sets up the whole organization anthony he's kind of like the player for the cross i don't know i don't really want to call him that but the ladies of the night and stuff uh he basically is like a manager type character for them all and he knows where to find some band members and that's why him and harley try and put this punk band together and it is a lot of fun seeing seeing how they deal with everything along the way. My cat decided to jump back up on me. So I got to try and finish this last comic off while working with him. So he just doesn't understand that it's very hard to work around him when he just constantly moves. Yes sit his butt down <laughs> try and tuck him into the blanket so he doesn't doesn't slide off me <laughs> yeah yes I am naked but I got a blanket on me <laughs> it's kind of cold without it Alright, we got the new Suicide Squad, number 9 from DC Comics. This storyline kind of... Kind of focuses on a mid... On a story that's getting set up where they're going on a mission. 
Don't know exactly who's all going to be part of this mission, but we do get uh, a variety of characters like Harley, Mantha, and I don't know, I can't think of who Lawton is. He's, so yeah, I thought we were getting some Deadpool in here for a second, but... Uh, we get the reverse flash, we get Parasite, which nobody knows who the hell Parasite is. They're picking on him, calling him a Grimace character. But, uh, yeah, this is a look at another interesting group of characters put together for the Suicide Squad. But this story is just kind of getting started here, so I was very confused about what was happening. Uh, I didn't really get any answers from anything. They were going to have to get the issues after it, the next couple issues, to see where it goes, but... They do go through some stuff. There's some corruption. There's some uh, torture and stuff like that going on with the characters. But yeah. But I'm running out of time. And I need to deal with the cat, throw some clothes on, <laughs> and do the second half of this podcast. So I will be right back. After this. Okay. Let's get to the health portion of this stuff. And see what we got here. Let's talk about music and MS. I think we're going to talk about today. Maybe some other stuff. Like finding your rhythm. Cave people used sticks and stones to create rhythms. The people of feudal Japan used drums to scare away samurai. In the American Revolution, drums were used to convey instructions to the troops. Throughout time, people have used drums to celebrate at festivals and to make music and for war and <laughs> to send messages to people. <clears throat> Drumming is a form of communication. Whether it's with an instrument or a clap of the hands or a tap of the toes, drums can help express emotion and create rhythm for dance. Did you know drumming can also help with cognition? It's like I always wanted a drum set. And when I was a kid, I wanted to play drums so bad. And my... Godfather gave me a tiny, little cheap, little uh, acoustic guitar. And then eventually, I, my dad helped me get a acoustic Fender guitar. And then I bought an electric Fender guitar, the black Fender. Uh, the imitation of... Uh, I can't think of the name of it right offhand. But uh, that's the one I bought because I was stuck playing guitar because my parents obviously didn't want a drum set in the house. 
but they pushed the damn guitar lessons, which I did not want to do. I was not enjoying it. I took guitar lessons. Started out at a a musical, a musician place that sells instruments, and they're more anal style. It's more schoolistic style. I wanted to go up to the heavy metal trainers up in another area in the opposite side of towns uh, where we live, and they will teach you ACDC, Metallica, all that stuff. That's what I wanted to learn. Instead, I got stuck with a musician place, a music place that focused on the old school. I mean, Christ, we were pulling out music books with some of all the classics, (laughs) like tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree and shit like that. It's just so sick and tired of playing these stupid, stupid songs that I'd have to play. And then, of course, you sit there and play for a few months, and then they put you in a concert, and you got to play live in a concert and play this song that they pick. You just don't want to sit there and start jamming out. But that just totally ruined the whole experience for me, and I could not get into it. I just didn't care care for the guitar the lead guitar portion of it. I think I would have been, since I couldn't have drums and they wanted me to play guitars, I think if I would have went with a bass, I would have enjoyed it more because I would have got that deep thromboing sound and I would have enjoyed that better than doing a lead guitar. I mean, my dad wanted me to basically be the guitarist that when he seen that stupid double neck, dual lead guitar neck. Uh, I think it was both. Well, hell, we seen one guitar that I think had a 12 string and a six string neck running off it. I think we had six string and four string. You got your lead and bass guitar together in one. Uh, there's a variety of them that I've seen out there over the years. But those double neck guitars is what he wanted me to get good enough to play, be able to play something like that. And it's like, I want to play drums, but I never got to. So kind of gave up on the guitar after, after I moved out of the home, family home and just got away from it. Never played it again. Left my guitars here and surprisingly, my guitars, amps, all that stuff has disappeared. But I get accused of selling the shit off and stuff, but I didn't. It's the same with my downhill skis. I get accused of selling all my ski equipment. It's like, I love those skis. They have my name imprinted on them. I had Rosinol 909s, the black with the clear tips. Uh, I just love those downhill skis, and it was a perfect set. It was finally matched to my height and everything. And it's just, uh, I just love those skis. And uh, stuck them in a rafter of a family member's house, and I moved out of state. And when I came back, they weren't living there anymore. My skis are gone. And it's like, God dang it. <laughs> They're down in your basement. They're probably still in there. I tried to ask some people that live there now, but they never got back to me, so they probably found them and sold them. Who knows? But Yeah. But... Going on and on about nothing here. (laughs) So when you drum, 
either by yourself or in a group, you are creating a rhythm or pattern that requires a little bit of counting and hand-eye coordination, both of which can be beneficial for cognition. Repeating a sequence of numbers multiple times requires a good bit of focus and practice. Have you ever tried counting to the number four, seven times evenly, and then repeating that four times? In case you are wondering, the total number is 112. However, getting there by counting in groups of four creates a sequence, and repeating the sequence many times creates a pattern. The counting to the number three is a triangle, number four is a square, and so on. Alright, now the cat jumped off me finally, and now he wants to lay in my feet. (laughs) So yeah, it's like drumming, I mean, it's just like playing a video game. You're repetitively doing something over and over, so that's excellent cognitively. And we need that for our brain. Anything to keep our brain happy and active, that's what we need to do. So just like a mantra is what you're basically working with. You're little one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Just repetitive, just keep them going. And I used to, that was a thing with the guitar lessons. It's like, I might as well have been playing a drum because they'd make me do the foot tap, which I could be doing that on the bass drum with the foot pedal. Instead, they got me doing the foot tap on the floor and relating that to my strumming of the guitar strings, which, yeah, it was great cognitive practice, but the songs were so shitty. That was the problem. I just did not want to do those type of songs. I mean, how many people can sit there and If you listen to rock and roll, you love that type of music, and then you're stuck playing an instrument, and you got to play music, like country music, that you have no interest in, then how is it going to help a musical brain advance if they aren't doing something they enjoy? So don't do that to your kids, people. Let your kids choose. If they want to play an instrument, Go rent one out for a month. You can go to musical places and they'll rent you equipment. Uh, the secondhand places and shops like that. You could rent a piece of equipment for a month, let the kid try it out. If they don't like it, take it back. Get the next piece of equipment the kid wants until the kid finds what they enjoy. And you never know. You might have yourself a little Beethoven in, our, in your midst if you just Give them the opportunity, but don't force what you wanted to do on them. Let them do what they want to do. Trust me. Just because they, you rub your wiener in a girl for a couple minutes and came, doesn't mean that that sperm cell is going to be exactly like you. It might have your genes, but there's a very good possibility they're going to be completely opposite and not want to do what you used to do. Drumming in a group setting allows for socializing, listening, and responding. For some, a drum circle is meditative with a feeling of freedom to let go. Everyone experiences music in a different and personal way. For some, it is the listening that is therapeutic. 
while for others, making music helps soothe the savage beast. As a therapy, it can help with alleviating stress and anxiety, and help with focus and cognition. Have fun and enjoy any music you make. It can be powerful medicine. Here's some exercises you can give a try at home. Just get yourself started until you do get yourself some type of musical stuff that you want to use or try out or just listen to. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> Got right <coughs> raspy voice going on today. All right. Using your left hand, clap. And alternating right and left feet tap. Practice soft and slow at first. So you're clapping your hands and tapping your feet. Just practice it slow, slow, slow. Then use a free metronome available as an app on your phone. If you would like assistance with setting a tempo. Here's some examples of setting a tempo. You can clap, clap, tap, tap. Repeat that four times. You can clap, or clap, tap, clap, tap. Repeat that four times. Or tap, clap, tap, clap. Repeat that style four times. Or tap, tap, clap, clap. Repeat that four times. Now do the same exercise, repeating it eight times. And you're just building yourself up that 12 times or whatever you want to do to just get a little motion, motion in the ocean going. <laughs> now do the same exercise, repeating it eight times. For more advanced practice, take out a clap or tap. And it's like clap skip one, tap, tap, and then skip one, tap, clap, tap, and you're repeating these four times as you're doing them, but you're just taking one of them out, then tap, clap, skip, tap, repeat that four times, then tap, tap, clap, and then skip it, and then repeat that four times. Can you hear or feel the sequence forming? If you want more advanced practice, try doing the sequences in consecutive order and repeat four times or practice the sequences at a faster tempo. The music does not go off one constant source of tempo. It could be faster, slower, longer, shorter. It all depends what kind of music you're trying to make. Uh, yeah, that, and let's talk about the link between vitamin D and multiple sclerosis. Vitamin D, obviously, is one of the first things you're going to be talked about as far as a side medicine to take. If you have multiple sclerosis, they talk about how it can be caused by a uh, thing that can help set off our multiple sclerosis stuff is not getting enough sun, living in the northern hemisphere, uh, above the equator and the states that have all four seasons and stuff like that. You have your more darkness and coldness and you're not getting that 
good old sunlight that you need by being out every day for about at least 15 minutes a day in the sun or so. But vitamin D is most commonly associated with calcium and the sun. It has also been linked to the onset and severity of multiple sclerosis. Vitamin D is one of the four fat-soluble vitamins along with vitamins A, E, and K. Like other vitamins, vitamin D is not naturally produced by the body and must be supplemented. The main source of vitamin D sources of vitamin D are sunlight, diet, and vitamin supplements. Two forms of vitamin D are used by the body. Vitamin D2, which is ergo, ergocalciferol, and vitamin D3, which is colocalciferol. The plant form of vitamin D is called vitamin D2, and vitamin D3 is the form naturally produced in the skin with the sunlight exposure. Foods rich in vitamin D include... Then why are we taking D3 for supplements and not D2? That doesn't make sense. Uh, the form naturally produced in the skin with sunlight exposure... Foods rich in vitamin D include fatty fish, such as salmon and mackerel and cod liver oil, egg yolk and mushrooms. Milk is considered a poor source of vitamin D, but is commonly fortified with vitamin D. Vitamin D can also be found in other fortified foods, such as cereal, orange juice, and cheese. I would think milk would have vitamin D since cattle is usually out in the sun all day, but I don't know, processing it might lose it or something. Vitamin D is most notable for the part it plays in bone health, but it also has an important role in immune function. The vitamin D receptor is expressed on the immune cells, B cells, the T cells, and antigen presenting cells. And these immunological cells are all capable of synthesizing the actum vitamin D uh, metabolite. A deficiency in vitamin D is linked to increased autoimmunity as well as increased susceptibility to infection. As a result of the role of vitamin D in the immune health, not only has vitamin D deficiency been linked to osteoporosis, but it has also been linked to other diseases such as cancers, infectious diseases, and autoimmune conditions such as MS. And as a child, I was in the sun a lot. And you gave me an opportunity to go swimming beyond the beach, I'd be out there in my shorts collecting that sunlight all day long. But yet, when we were hanging out with our friends and stuff, it was usually at night or out in the woods or out in the darker shaded areas so we weren't getting as much sunlight with our friends as we would when we were out swimming and stuff but i was always taking all swim classes all that stuff so i don't know why i would have had a vitamin d deficiency in my childhood days but i don't know epidemiologic studies have found that prevalence of ms to be Greater in regions of higher altitude where sunlight is lower intensity than in lower altitudes, which that might be it. Being at a higher altitude, I might not be getting as much intense sunlight, but if they say all you got to do is be out in the sun for 15 minutes to get your daily dose, I was out way more than 15 minutes a day, more like 
six to eight hours a day in that sun. So unless our sun's really weak up here in Wisconsin, there's something wrong, something else wrong. Historical data suggests women are at higher risk of developing MS. It could be due to lower vitamin D levels than women. Vitamin D levels alone should not be blamed for causing multiple sclerosis, like I just said. To date, no single cause for MS has been found. Most experts agree vitamin D deficiency should be considered a modifiable risk factor for MS, and those at risk should be screened for vitamin D deficiency. Although there has been evidence, vitamin D can have a role in in disease progression and severity. No definitive consensus has been made on this topic yet, and vitamin D supplementation alone should not be relied on as a treatment program. But you should check your vitamin D levels and add supplements as needed to at least get those up if you need to. Uh, While vitamin D is essential, it is also possible to have too much vitamin D. This is why you want to check your numbers. Excessive vitamin D can be associated with ectopic calcification or deposits of calcium in places it should not be. This could lead to a higher risk of kidney stones and other side effects. Before incorporating vitamin D supplements into your routine or increasing your sun exposure for vitamin D, be sure to talk with your doctor about screening for vitamin D levels discussing what's safe and helpful for you and using adequate sun protection when outdoors. So you want that sunlight, but when you're outdoors, block that sun. (laughs) Use that sun protection. All right. Let's see if we got anything else in here to talk about. And, of course, the pages are just going to be a pain. This is why it's easier to read stuff offline. When you read it from the books, it's a lot harder to hold, find, you lose your page markers, and let's see, there's some more talk about the healing sound of music, listening to music, or remembering special songs can sometimes get us through some tough times. While reading the post of the large MS support group on Facebook, oftentimes this person will see someone share their pain over things such as being newly diagnosed or having a loved one leave them because of their MS diagnosis. This might be followed by the words to a song. It is their way of coping. Others give words of encouragement and offer their own songs for comfort. Uh, let's see, this is, yeah, music's also used for exercise and dance. Many of us use music as a background. Uh, grief comes in many forms, not always with the death of a loved one. It can come with a breakup of a relationship, the end of a job, or a move from a city, or whatever. With all those songs seem to bring back feelings that at first make us cry, but later might bring back a happy memory or two. Sometimes you have three minutes until the song ends. Sometimes knowing 
you have three minutes until the song ends is a comfort. Uh, who among us hasn't sung along at the top of your lungs to hit the road, Jack? Don't you come back no more, no more, or I will survive. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Or on the road again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Music's good. Holiday season gives you lots of music, all that stuff. Uh, see this character talks about how art gives them purpose which art is excellent for your brain and your body your cognitive issues all that stuff uh, let's see this person's mottos and acronyms for the road our passion, which is positivity, always encourage one another, another, say a prayer for strength and peace, smile through all the pain, improvements can be accomplished, only focus on your future, never quit fighting for success. And then they have push, which is push until something happens. Well, you can push the wrong buttons if you do that. So be careful what you're pushing. Tap happy. Dancer reclaims her art form. There's another good way. Getting into tap dancing. And seeing what's helped. Seeing if that helps you cognitively and rep repetitiously. This other person likes using poetry to help deal with their pain. It's like speaking poetry, writing poetry, all that could be great cognitively and for physically and help you out and keep you on your toes. Uh, here's a little poem that they have. This time, there was no accident. Not this time. Friends and family say you're going to be fine. How do they know? They're not me. Is it in my head or just insanity? There's no denying it. Not this time. Not even the doctors can say it's fine. I froze. Dead still. Couldn't even blink. Am I dying? A stroke? What would you think? A new day. More test. What this time? Needles and scans? Fluids from the spine. I'm nervous. I'm angry. I'm scared to say the least. What am I fighting? What is this beast? Test after test. I get my results this time. The problem is me. I'm broken. Stupid brain of mine. I'm scared. Signals blocked. Or no. It's scared. Scarred. It's scarred. S-C-A-R-R-E-D. I shouldn't be pausing in the middle of something. Signals blocked. It's multiple sclerosis. What now? How am I going to fight this? Don't give up. I need to be quite strong this time. Quitting is not an option. Not when there is a mountain to climb. I'm frightened, and it breaks me. But MS I can beat. 
I'm a warrior within that nothing can defeat. That's a little song by Robert Gillette. 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 Writing's a good way for healing and self-expression. Can help you transform mental and emotional patterns. Uh, writing as healing, also referred to as writing to heal or therapeutic writing, is one of many complementary and alternative medis- medicinal therapies that help with some of the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Writing as healing can help transform ineffective mental and emotional patterns. Uh, it's like if you're looking for a writing group, here's a snapshot of what this person would look for in a group. Confidentiality and it is an absolute must to them. Training, I would be interested to know if the facilitator had some experience leading writing as healing groups and crisis intervention training. Group size is an important consideration. What is the makeup of the group and would you feel comfortable sharing with them? And after being with your facilitator, do you feel more like writing or less like writing? You should never be made to feel embarrassment or shame in the group. If that happens, there is something wrong with the way the facilitator is leading. Drop the group and find another one. It's like I'd personally want to be in a group where we did share our writing. Maybe do a podcast or a Zoom thing and then share our individual writing uh, notes. Let's see. Be considered nonfiction. Just know it is normal to feel nervous or intimidated. When we read, we are no longer the author. We are the reader. Read, then be silent and accept the feedback from the listeners. If there is silence, understand and accept that it is honoring. As above, we respond. We can find our comments to what I like, what was strong, what will stay with me. Expressive writing isn't for everyone, but it is worth trying. To get you started, here are some of their favorite prompts. The body. What about the body? What matters? I am from, imagine a place, favorites, or maybe not, smell, taste, sensation, sight, I need, (laughs) things you can use for reference to start your writing. But yeah, we'll end it there. I am running out of time. I got to get to an appointment, so we'll get back to you again soon. Good to yourself. Good to everybody else. Kick you out monster. Keep a smile on your face. Rate, review, tell a friend. And we'll talk to you again soon.